Amen. Amen. Well, let's take our Bibles this morning and turn together to the Old Testament book of Ezra. Ezra, what a great book of the Bible. How many of you have ever read the book of Ezra? I pray that God would, uh, would help us today as we come to this particular book of the Bible. It's an exciting book. Uh, Ezra was a godly man used mightily by the Lord in his generation. And as we consider our generation, you know, this is a, a, a quite an interesting time, isn't it, in our generation? Uh, who would have ever thought? I think I've asked that question to several people this morning, even before the service, walking in. I said, who would have ever thought? Who would have ever thought that you would walk into a bank in 2020 wearing a mask and not have the police called on you? Uh, who would have ever thought that you, would, that you would go to the grocery store wearing a mask? How... Who would have ever thought that a local church would go door-to-door soul-winning wearing a mask and that people would actually open the doors and talk with you and get saved? Consider what God is doing. What what an interesting time in which we live. I'm reminded of what the Bible says in the book of Esther, how God brought Esther to the kingdom. And what what did Mordecai say to Esther? Was it for such a time as this? Boy, we, we think about 2020 and all of the, the hubbub and, and all of the to-do of, of this coronavirus nonsense and, and all of the mandates that have been placed upon us. But you realize that God is bigger than all of that? You know, I can, and I can get frustrated at times uh, because, you know, you know, I'm a proponent of science. Science doesn't match what they're telling us, right? And we, we look at everything that's going on and, you know what? I'm really not worried about it. You know, we can, we can get frustrated and bent out of shape. We can become angry, uh, but I'm not worried about it. In my flesh, I get, I get upset because it's more of a pride thing. How dare you tell me what I have to do? How dare you tell me what I can and cannot do? I'm an American citizen. I have rights, you know? You know what? God's bigger than all of this. God is so much greater than what we face today. You know what God is bigger than? I don't know what I did with it. It must have fallen out of my pocket. Oh, I put it in another pocket. God's bigger than this. Isn't he? God's bigger than coronavirus. God's in control of all things. And as we look here in the book of Ezra this morning, we, we begin our study here and, and trust that God would give us grace and give us help. This great man of God, Ezra, this ready scribe, there's, there's much that we can learn from this man's life. But the book of Ezra does not begin with Ezra. The book of Ezra begins with God. And that's how all of our lives should be. Every day we get up, where should our day begin? Where does our life begin? Our life ought to begin with God. You know, I was born on November 15th. It was a state holiday, November 15th in Michigan. It's a state holiday. It's the opening day of deer hunting season with shotgun. And uh, it's not a state holiday. All, all of us got off school, whether the teachers wanted us to or not. You know, From the time I was 14 years of age on, I never went to school on my birthday. It was great, you know. What a blessing. But my, I was, you know, we believe that, that life begins at conception. I entered this world November 15, 1984, is when I was born into this world. But my life did not begin that day, really. I was born again on January 7, 1989. I came to know Christ as my Savior. I repented of my sin and by faith. I trusted in Christ and Christ alone for my salvation. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And I'm thankful for the salvation I have. I'm thankful that God allowed me to, be, uh, to, to become part of a Bible-believing church. Uh, one that does not excuse away the Scripture. Uh, but that wholeheartedly, by God's grace, endeavors to obey it. You know, we can't, you realize that you and I can't pick and choose what is relevant and what is irrelevant about the Bible? 
if we make the decision to say, well, that doesn't apply today, that means none of the Bible applies today. Was where does it stop? Where does you know where does that thinking stop? The Bible's eternal. You know, it's it's for all generations, for all time. It's forever settled in heaven. It's the only eternal thing you and I have ever seen is the Word of God. And as we consider God's working in our lives and in our hearts this morning, we come to this book of Ezra. And we consider the great work that God wants to do in and through our lives. Let me ask you a question. Are you willing to allow God to use you? Are you willing to allow God to take your life and use it for His glory? You realize that everyone in this room, Everyone in this building, it doesn't matter if they're, if they're infants all the way up through our senior adults. It makes no difference. God wants to use your life to do something remarkable for Him. And there's no button, there's no case too hard. Some people would say, I'm a hard case, right? Those of you who know me well know that I'm stubborn and can be cantankerous and ornery. It's, I come by it naturally. It's called the natural man. We think about all the things that God wants to do in our lives. Are we willing to allow God to do so? The children of Israel, as we we pick up here in Ezra chapter number 1, the children of Israel had been in Babylonian captivity for 70 years. They were in captivity because they had disobeyed the Lord. Because of their sin, the neglect of of following the Sabbath and the Sabbath of years, God took them out of the land, gave the land its rest. But because God is true, because God is faithful, He raised up this man named Cyrus, king of Persia. And He allowed this man to send the children of Israel back to the promised land to build the house of God, to rebuild the city of Jerusalem, and to bring about revival. We thank God for His working. If we're going to understand the book of Ezra, we must understand its theme. If you have a pen handy, I want you to write this word down. This is the theme of the book of Ezra. Ezra is the book of returning. Return. God desires for you and me to return. God does not want us to stay in the land. God does does not want us to stay in the land of captivity. He wants us to come again. He wants to bring us back to the place of obedience. Where where do you need to return from? I think of the prodigal son. He returned from the far country. Uh, But the children of Israel, they returned from the land of their captivity. And in 2020, this has been a year of separation, hasn't it? We've separated ourselves from from family. We've separated ourselves from friends. We've separated ourselves from the local church. But I'm here to tell you this morning, if God is going to do a work in our generation, the Christians have to return. The word church means to assemble. You and I, we cannot truly follow the pattern of God's word with online church. We just can't do it. You realize that we need one another. The Bible says we're to consider one another, to provoke one another unto love and good works, and that we ought not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as we see the day approaching. We have to return. We have to return to church. We have to return to our Christian service We have to return to that place of obedience in our Christian lives. What does does this return of obedience look like? You know what returning brings about? Write another word down this morning. If we are going to return, you know what God will do? He will send revival. I believe with all my heart. If we will simply return, revival would come. Do you know what revival is? It's a renewed sense of obedience to the things of God and His Word. Renewed obedience. We are returning back. We're coming back. And 
God sends revival. And God sent revival in the book of Ezra. If you're able this morning, I invite you to stand with me as we begin reading together here in Ezra chapter number 1. We'll read the first six verses of, of this chapter, the first six verses of this book. And notice what the Bible says, beginning in verse 1. Now, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom, and put it also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, The Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he hath charged me to build him an house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is there among you of all his people? His God be with him, and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is the God, which is in Jerusalem. Whosoever remaineth in any place where he sojourneth, let the men of his place help him with silver, and with gold, and with goods, and with beasts, beside the free will offering for the house of God that it is that is in Jerusalem. Then rose up the chief of the fathers of Judah, and Benjamin, and the priests, and the Levites, with all them whose spirit God had raised, to go up, to build the house of the Lord which is in Jerusalem. And all they that were about them strengthened their hands with vessels of silver, with gold, with goods, and with beasts, and with precious things beside all that was willingly offered. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word this morning. And God, we need your help today. We need your help as we come to the scriptures, O Lord, that we would understand its truth, that we would know how to apply it to our lives. Father, that you'd enable us by your spirit to live obediently to the things of God and and your word. O Father, we pray that you'd open our eyes to this passage today. Father, that you'd speak to us and challenge us. Lord, allow us to behold great and mighty things, wondrous things from your law. Lord, I pray, God, that you'd help us return. Lord, even now, Father, even now, may we decide that we are going to return in our obedience to you. Lord, not to say that we've been completely disobedient. Lord, perhaps there are some areas in our lives that that we've gone astray. Lord, we pray that you'd help us return from our own way. Your way is the best way. Lord, help us, we ask. Speak to us today, Father, we pray. Lord, we pray again for the invitation at the end of the service this morning that you would do a work in our hearts. Father, again, if there's anyone here this morning who doesn't know Christ as their Savior, we pray that today would be the day of their salvation. But God, help us Christians live obediently. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. If you're in the habit of marking things in your Bibles, I'd like to draw your attention to what the Bible says in Ezra chapter 1 in verse number 5. There are two statements here. Uh, in this verse that I think are, are very helpful for us if we're going to understand God's will for our lives. In verse number 5, the Bible says, Then rose up. We mark those two words, rose up, this morning. Mark them right there in your Bible. Rose up. And as we read down a little further, it says, Then rose up the chief of the fathers of Judah and Benjamin, and the priests and the Levites, with all them whose spirit God had raised. Why did they rise up? To go up. Mark that little expression, to go up. They rose up, friends, to go up. What does this mean? Well, we understand that Cyrus had sent out a proclamation. He had made it in writing. He published it throughout all of his kingdom that the children of Israel would return because God had a very special work for them to do. What was this work? It was the work of the reconstruction of his house. He raised up a man by the name of Zerubbabel who led uh, the, the remnant back to the land of Israel. And they, it was there that they 
built the temple of God. And we'll, we'll see that more over the next several weeks. But they rose up to go up. You know, we all want to go up, don't we? As I think about my life, I want to do a work for God. Uh, not, not in a prideful sense, but I know it's for His pleasure that I'm created. And that everything I do ought to bring glory and honor to God. The first way that you and I can bring glory to the Lord is by repenting of our sin and accepting Christ as our Savior. That's that's foundational. But as we navigate through our Christian lives, as we progress in our walk with the Lord, God wants to use us to do something special. And and God, God placed us and allows us to be a part of a local church. Do you know what you're sitting in this morning? You're sitting in a vehicle. You're part of a vehicle. Like an automobile? That kind of vehicle? You realize that the local church is the vehicle that the Lord has created and ordained to bring about world evangelism? This is the means to the end. It is through this organism, not an organization. The church is not an organization. It is an organism. It's a living, breathing thing that ought to reproduce itself by multiplying itself, by winning lost people to Christ. This is the local church. It's the pillar and the ground of the truth. And not even the gates of hell can prevail against this if we're obedient to the Word of God. We consider everything that God wants to do through our lives. The body has many members, doesn't it? We look around. Everybody has, has a has special talent, a gift that they can use in, our, in service for the Lord. But God wants to take your life and to use it. greater ways than you and I could ever use our lives on our own. But it has to begin somewhere. It begins with our rising up. It begins when we decide, you know what, I'm going to return. I'm going to return. I'm going to go back to the land of promise. I'm going to go back to the place of blessing. You know, and, and In the Word of God, the promised land is always a picture of the victorious Christian life. It's a picture of of, of God's blessing, God's abundance, of God's goodness, of God's grace. The children of Israel weren't supposed to live forever in the wilderness. Neither were they supposed to live forever in the land of captivity. They were to return. And Christians, for too long we've lived in the wilderness, too long we've allowed ourselves to stay in the land of the captivity. But the Lord wants to take our lives and He wants us to return. Are you willing to return this morning? See, what do we need to return from? We need to return from sin. We need to return from idleness. We need to return from neglect. We need to have revival in our hearts and in our lives. Every one of us in this room, I can see it in your eyes this morning. Everyone in this room wants to be used of God for something. That's the only way our lives are going to matter for eternity. That's the only way my life will matter at all. So what do you say? Are you content in the land of captivity? Some people are. You see that in verse number 4. Some people, they were content to stay where they were. They were were fine in the place of their sojourning. But I don't want to stay there. And neither do you really. In In the land of captivity, the land is full of regret and remorse. It ought to be a place of repentance where our hearts can get right. And God wants us to return. In your life this morning, where are you? 
spiritually speaking. In your life this morning, are you living in the land of captivity? Do you want to return to the place of obedience in your Christian life? You can either stay where you are and limit what God can do with you, or you can return and allow God to use you to do a great work for Him. There's so much that needs to be done, Christians. There are so many thousands of doors, thousands of homes and families that need to be reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. On Thursday night, in our prayer meeting and Bible study, we showed a video that we believe God would have us use in our evangelistic efforts. Lord willing, by the end of this week, we'll have these cards designed and, and the, the, this video published online so that people can see it and access it and come to faith in Christ. There's something that we, that we wish to begin here called the Gospel Project. We've been talking with Bearing Precious Seed out of Milford, Ohio, about getting John and Romans so that we can mail them to every home in our county. About 120,000 John and Romans. It's incredible. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people. You realize there are little communities scattered throughout this county that don't have a gospel witness at all? And that it's our responsibility to get the the gospel to them Jesus says ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth friends there's a great work to be done not so that we can just build more buildings that's not what we're about if God would would see fit to, to add to this local body so that buildings need to be built praise the Lord but the goal is Christ and getting the gospel out Jesus is the goal our goal is to glorify Him by preaching the gospel to every creature. There's a great work to be done, but we can't do it if we don't return. Why ought, to, why ought we return this morning? As you look here in, in Ezra chapter 1, there are three reasons. Three reasons why you and I ought to return Notice the first reason that we return. We return because God is true. God is true. Aren't you thankful that God is true? The Bible says, look, look in uh, verse number 3, at the end of Ezra chapter 1 and verse 3, the Bible says, He is the God. He is the God. God is true. And you know what else is true about God? It's a word. God's word is true. Look in verse number 1 of Ezra chapter 1. It says, Now in the first year of Cyrus king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. Friends, God's word is true. You believe that? The word of the Lord is true. It endureth forever. Friends, we, we come to understand that God is doing a great work in our lives. And God wants to use us, but we there's... But, and he, that he's true. What does this mean? It means he is worthy to return to. There are so many things in the world today that, that are not worthy. Are they? Only God, only God is worthy. There are many things in our lives that we live for. Many things that have been done away with over the last few months. There are many things that that we used to enjoy, that we're no longer able to enjoy. I was watching the news the other morning for the first time, and I don't know how long. (laughs) And you know what they said? And this really hurts, because I enjoy college football. They may not even play college football this year. Are you serious? There are so many things that have been done away with. We live for these things. We live for professional sports. You can keep your professional sports. I'm done with them. You know, 
all this ridiculous woke culture stuff, Black Lives Matter is not what you think it means, okay? You want to know what Black Lives Matter is? You go to their website. It's communism. It's Marxism. It's the defunding of police. It's the destruction of your family. It's what it is. It doesn't matter. But these are things that we live for. That, that make us feel like we're something. Do you want to know who really makes you feel like you're something? God. Christ. He, the Bible says, He that cometh to God, He will in no wise cast out. Have you ever been, have you ever been rejected by someone that you care about? It could be a family member. It could be a friend. But you come to Jesus, oh man, He loves you. He's the only one worth living for. And he's true. He's real. He is the God. Turn your Bibles, if you would, please, to 1 Kings. The book of 1 Kings, in chapter number 18. <laughs> we, find, we come in at the end of Elijah's confrontation with the prophets of Baal as he stood on the top of Mount Carmel. As all the prophets of Baal cut themselves, chanted, acted like fools to no avail because Baal, he wasn't home. Baal couldn't answer. You know why? Because Baal is not real. Baal is not true. But Elijah decided, you know, he's going to repair the altar. He's, his effort was to cause the children of Israel to return to the worship of the true and living God. So he repaired the altar. He dumped all kinds of water on them. He did everything that you could think of to hinder God answering from fire, or by fire from heaven, he did. Have you ever tried to light a match or start a wet campfire? It doesn't really work that well, does it? Elijah, he prayed. You know what happened? The fire of God fell. It consumed the sacrifice. It consumed the altar. It consumed the stones of the altar. It it lapped up all the water that they had poured upon the altar and left one gigantic crater. You know what the people said? Look what the Bible says in 1 Kings chapter number 18. In verse number 39, the Bible says, And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, who is the Lord? It's all capital letters. Jehovah God, the Lord, He is the God. The Lord, He is the God. And the Jehovah God of the Old Testament, friends, is the Jesus of the New. It says, Before Abraham was, I am. <laughs> Consider who God is. He's real. He's true. And He is worthy to return to. Everything else. The Bible says in Romans, let God be true. Every man a liar. Realize that God has a work that He desires to be done, that He desires to accomplish in our lives. In Psalm 119, turn there with me if you would, please. I want you to, to see this verse in Psalm 119. Psalm 119, considering not only is God true, but His Word is true. Friends, we have the truth of the Scripture. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, uh, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Friends, we have the truth, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Consider who Christ is. He is true. And the Bible says in Psalm 119, 160, says, thy, thy word is true from the very beginning. And every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. God's word is true from the very beginning. For in the beginning, God created. 
the heavens and the earth. What are you living your life for? Are you living it for the Lord? He's worthy, friends. He's worthy. Come back from the far country. Come back from the place of the captivity. Return to God and let Him use you because He's worthy. You realize if you're unwilling to return, your whole life will be miserable. From here on out, it's going to be, it's going to be miserable. I have yet to find a Christian living in sin who is truly happy. Never found it. And I meet Christians, I meet, I meet people all the time who, are, who profess to know the Lord but aren't living for Him. And you know what? Their lives are shipwrecked, they're ruined. They're full of remorse, full of regret. Because you weren't created for you. You're not created for you. You're created for God. That's why we return to Him. Because it's true. Notice the second reason we can return. Or the next, the next lesson that we learn. Mark, write this down as well. We, we ought to return even if others will not. Return, even if others will not. Look back at Ezra chapter 1 this morning. And notice what the Bible says in verse number 4. You would think, you know, you would think that everybody would be, every one of God's people would just be so willing and excited to return and let God use them. To to allow God to to work through their lives and accomplish some great and mighty feat. That would make sense, wouldn't it? Sin doesn't make sense. And in our pride, sometimes we we are reluctant to do what God wants us to do. We're reluctant to repent. We're reluctant to return. But what other people do and do not do should have no bearing on your obedience to the Lord. Look what the Bible says in verse 4 of Ezra chapter number 1. The Bible says, And whosoever remaineth in any place where he sojourneth, reality is God knows some people are just content to live in sin some people are content just to stay where they are away from the blessing of God away from the victory that God is willing to give they're going to remain in the place where they sojourn but the reality is you and I we have something that we refer to as a Bible doctrine we refer to as soul liberty or personal accountability. Do you realize that you will not be judged by what I do and do not do? You And I will not be judged by what you do and what you do not do. I will be judged for what I do and what I do not do. I will be judged. I will stand before God and give accountability of my life, not yours. You will stand before God and give accountability for your life and not mine. So what do what we do? We ought to return. Even if others will not. We ought to get back to where God wants us to be. Where does, where does God want you? God wants you to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus says in John chapter 15 that, that He wants us to, to abide in Him. And if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Well, the, the simple answer to that is just to return to the Lord. Get back to God. Return. And we ought to return even if nobody else follows. What's that chorus that we sing? Though no one join me, still I will follow. The reality is, if we're waiting for for a great consensus to serve God, you're never going to find it. You realize there will be people in your life, in your family, that, you know what, they're going to be a hindrance. They don't want you to follow the Lord. You know why they don't want you to follow the Lord? Because they don't want to follow the Lord. And if you follow the Lord, then they might feel a little bit convicted by it. 
Look what they did. In verse 4, some people weren't going weren't to go, but you know what they said? You know what? To appease their conscience, what did they do? They gave them stuff. Well, I'm not going. I'm not leaving your butt. Hey, I'll write you a check. Who do I make this out to? God doesn't want your money. But sometimes we say, you know what? What can I do for you? You know? No, God just wants you. Look in verse 4. It says, And whosoever remaineth in any place where he sojourneth, let the men of his place help him with silver and with gold and with goods and with, with gold and with goods and, and with beasts beside the free will offering of the house of God that is in Jerusalem. You know, God, God allowed them to do it. You know, even God blessed, consider this, God blessed the obedience of some through the disobedience of others. It's remarkable, isn't it? God is so great, there were some that weren't going to go. And then, but there were a few that did. And God says, listen, okay, fine. But everybody who's not going to go, We look for all kinds of reasons why we can't go. Well, I don't have enough. Turn your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 41. You know, I, I don't have enough uh, uh, money. I, I don't have the supplies I need. I, I don't have the ability to do so. And besides that, what do you, well, friends, here's a question for you. What do you do if your friends aren't willing to go? Simple answer, get new friends. If you're around a bunch of people who aren't willing to follow the Lord and live their lives for for Christ, you need new friends. Evil communication corrupts good manners, right? Friends, we we, we ought to to be around people. The Bible says, iron sharpeneth iron. In that, Jonathan strengthened David's hand in God. We need good godly friends, don't we? So if your friends aren't willing to follow the Lord, then get new friends. Get friends who are willing to follow the Lord. Look around this place this morning. I bet you'll find one or two who are willing to be your friend as you follow the Lord and encourage you along the way, might I add. Look what the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 41. In verse number 10, the Bible says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. That's enough. Fear thou not, I am with thee. Isn't that enough? Friends, is God enough? Well, what, if, if nobody else is willing to go, who cares? I've got a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He's already promised that he would never leave me or forsake me. God's enough. He says, listen, don't worry about them. You're not. Friends, the Lord is all you need. You can return even if others don't because Christ is with you. Notice the final truth that we see this morning. We return because God will give us the strength to do so. God will give us the strength that we need. It's hard to return, isn't it? It's hard to get up and serve the Lord, especially if you've been sitting down. Isn't it hard to get up if you've been sitting down? You work hard all day. You come in and uh, you sit down and, man, I don't want to get back up. This past Monday, we had a tree cut down in our yard. Somebody was gracious enough to allow us to borrow their log splitter. Got 14 more logs to split. Praise the Lord. You know, you go inside after you split all kinds of logs, wrestle tree trunks over to this log splitter, try to get those things chopped up. Man, alive, that's hard work. You go inside, you sit down, you know what you don't want to do? Get back up. But there's more work to be done. I know, but I really don't feel like it. You know, some of the, the hardest part is to get up when you've been down. The hardest part is to get up when you've been 
when you've allowed yourself just to relax. And you know what happens sometimes as we get away from the Lord, as we're in the land of captivity? We become complacent. We just, we think that we're okay when we're not. We know, we know there's things to do, that there's work to be done. We have a hard time making ourselves get up. You know what God does? He gives us the strength to get up. He gives you the strength to stand. Look what the Bible says, Isaiah, I'm not sorry, Ezra. We'll be back in Isaiah in just a moment. Verse 5 of Ezra 1, the Bible says, Then rose up the chief of the fathers of Judah and Benjamin, and the priests and the Levites, and all them whose spirit God had raised. Who raised their spirit? God raised them. God did it. God gave them the strength. God gave them the desire. God gave them the ambition. Whatever you want to call it, God gave them the ability. God strengthened their hearts for the work that He had set before them. The Bible goes on to say, uh, uh, Then rose up the chief of the fathers of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites and all them whose spirit God hath raised to go up to build the house of the Lord which is in Jerusalem. And all they uh, that, uh, that were about them strengthened their hands with, silver, with vessels of silver, with gold, with goods, with beasts, with precious things beside that was willingly offered. what? God strengthens. You know who else strengthens? You and I strengthen each other. Look in verse number 6. God uses us to strengthen others in the work. It says, and all they that were about them strengthened their hands. God caused, God stirred their hearts, caused them to rise up. Then others came shoulder to shoulder with us. All right, let's do it. Let's go. Let me pitch in. Let me help. There was a work to be done. God did it. Look what the Bible says back in Isaiah. As we continue on, in Isaiah chapter 41, verse number 10, the Bible says, Fear not. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. He's going to strengthen. He's going to help. It's a very present help in time of trouble, isn't he? I will uphold thee. There's a great danger serving the Lord. Sometimes we think that we have to match force with force, strength with strength. Christian life, friends, the Christian life is not a physical battle. Turn your Bibles to Zechariah, Zechariah chapter 4. The prophet Zechariah was contemporary with, with Ezra, the ready scribe. Haggai. Zechariah, they were there during the reconstruction of the temple after they had returned to Judah, after they had gone back to Jerusalem. They got there and they realized the work was going to was a little bit harder than they anticipated. And for years, after they laid the foundation of the temple, the foundation just remained and there was no more construction going on. And Zerubbabel, this great man, this bold leader, Zerubbabel. Wouldn't you like to have that name? Zerubbabel. He needed some encouragement. So Zechariah came to him and he spoke to him. Notice what the Bible says in verse 6 of Zechariah chapter 4. It says, Then he answered and spake unto him, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel saying, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. 
know what God's work is? It's a spiritual work. We want to return. We know, we know there's many things that ought to be done that need to be done. Because remember, God is true. His word is true. Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. Sooner than you realize. And there's a great work to be done. We can't get it done in our own strength. It requires the Lord. If He gives us the strength to rise up, He's going to give us the strength to get it done. And it's not by our own ability. It's by His. It's God working in us and through us. By His Spirit. You realize, something I realize. I mean, I'm not really old. Man, I feel old. And I'm not as strong as I used to be. You know, I hurt a lot. There's things that I just can't do anymore or do well, as well as I used to be able to do. Realize... There's a lesson to be learned. You can't do it. I think so oftentimes we're so tired and so wore out because we've attempted to do God's work in our own power. We toil, we labor, we work hard. And as we ought to, you realize you and I were created to work. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hand the thing which is good. It is good to work hard. Don't be lazy. Work hard for the Lord. Give it your all, leave it all on the table. rely completely upon the Lord. You realize if you give the Lord your all, you will never have regrets. Give Him your all. Trust the Lord. Friends, there's a great work to be done. Consider our community Within an hour of us, friends, within an hour of us, there's nearly two million people. That's a lot of people. There's 120,000 homes in our county. There's over 60,000 people that live in Pickerington, Violet Township. There's work to be done for the Lord. Who will rise up? so that we can go up. Friends, you'll never go up. You'll never go up. You'll never serve the Lord lest you first rise up. You've got to rise up. You've got to return. You've got to return to the place of obedience in your Christian life before God can ever do it. you return? Will you rise up so we can go up together? Let's all stand to our feet this morning. Apologize. I did not intend to preach that long this morning. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, friends, there's much to be done. What would God have you do? What would God have you do? Where are you in your Christian life this morning? Are you in the land of captivity? Do you need to return? How many of us here this morning say, Pastor, pray for me that God would help me return? Is that you? May I pray with you this morning? Yes, let's return. If, if Even now, won't you leave your place, come to this altar and return to the Lord? Say, God, here I am. Take my life. I'm going to live my life in obedience. God, use me as you see fit. Some have already come. Who will join us? Who will join us? Lord, help me return. 
God, help me come to the place in my life where I will obey. Friends, is God worthy? God is true, is He not? His Word is true. He's faithful. But what if nobody else goes? It doesn't matter. If no one else goes, it's not, it's not up to you. Remember, we're accountable to God for our own lives. Let's allow the Lord to take us and use us. Let's not serve Him in our strength. Let's serve Him by His power. We can be a great blessing to those around us, though. We can strengthen each other's hands in the Word. Be a blessing, pray for one another, encourage one another by God's grace. How many of us here this morning know Christ as our Savior? If we were to die today, that we'd go to heaven. Is that you? Will you slip your, lift your hand up there? Oh, praise the Lord. Yes, that's wonderful. Maybe you're here and you're not able to raise your hand. Maybe you don't know for sure heaven is your home. Friends, understand that God loves you. That Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin, to rise again victoriously from the grave. The only thing you and I can do in order to get to heaven is to repent of our sin and by faith trust Christ as our Savior. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you've never prayed to to trust Christ as your Savior, won't you do so today? You can pray a simple prayer from your heart in sincerity to the Lord. Ask Him to forgive your sin and be your Savior. Father, we thank You for Your Word this morning. God, the power that it has in our lives. And Lord, we recognize, Lord, we understand that You are worthy. God, that You are true. You're the only one worth living for. And Lord, we ask You to help us return to that place of obedience in our Christian lives. Lord, there's a great work to be done without question, but Lord, you ought to be our chief motive. Just living our lives for you, trusting in you, because you are true and your word is true. And Father, you are worthy. Lord, help us not base our obedience on what others do and don't do. Lord, help us understand that we will give account of our lives to you. So may we be faithful. And God, will you give us, please give us the strength we need. Help us rely upon thy grace. Lord, that you would do a work in our lives. Lord, we pray for your blessing on the remaining part of the service today. That you'd encourage our hearts, we ask. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, In a moment, Brother Jeff, well, Brother Jeff Wise is going to come. He's got some announcements to share. We're going to go get ready for baptism. After Brother Jeff is done with the announcements, other Brother Jeff is going to come and lead us in a song. And But uh, thank you for your patience this morning.